All right, welcome back in, everybody, to the Card Chronicle podcast, Louisville's only sports podcast dedicated exclusively to Cardinal football, women's basketball, volleyball, and baseball. We've been doing this for years at 2ER. It's what we do. We're going to keep doing it now. Uh, no, we're going to talk about men's basketball today because we need to. Uh, cards lose to Bellamer in the season opener on Wednesday night. We'll obviously be reacting to that. We also have... I mean, one of the biggest football games in recent memory. Uh, just about 24 hours away here when the Cards take on Clemson. Uh, here's the deal. We tried to record this earlier today. We, we, we tried to make yesterday happen. I had hospital stuff going on uh, this morning. Dan had a bunch of issues. The, the result was we started recording about two hours ago with Dan at a Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the connection was bad. We, we had to stop. At some point, I may try to splice in at the end of this episode if I have time. The, uh, the there's a clip of me talking impassionately about the Bellarmine game, and then in the background, it's just this forklift. It's like beep, 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 and finally, I have to stop and be like, "What is that?" And we're dying laughing. It was a nice little break, uh, but but I think Dan is now home. I think we're we're good to go. Uh, how's the how's the setup right now, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it, what's that? Thing on tiktok it's like today drained me like that's totally what <laughs> happened today um had some car trouble had to get new tires um by the time they could get the car in i was going to be stranded there had to get someone to pick me up it was my mother-in-law um she wasn't going to be there for a while so i couldn't do the pot at tire discounter so i was like well i'll just do it at home depot then the forklift went off we lost connection um, so it, it, it's been quite a morning, but happy to be here in the home confines and, uh, yeah, we'll get this thing. We'll get this thing out eventually. Yeah. This is probably cause we're recording this now Friday afternoon and I've got a radio show here in a little bit over an hour. So this is going to have to be a, a shorter podcast than usual, which is kind of a shame because we have so much to talk about here with the, the basketball season kicking off and, and football now trekking, trying to snap Clemson's 38 game home winning streak on Saturday. But uh, we'll do the best we can. I do think we, as much as it, you know, I'd like to start with the positive, which is football, riding a four-game winning streak and, and seeming to be a live shot at Clemson this weekend. I think we have to start with the bigger story locally, which is the, the men's basketball team, the Kenny Payne era, starting off with a 67-66 loss to Bellarmine on Wednesday night, which, I mean, has elicited the type of reactions, both locally and nationally, that you would expect. I mean, we'll... we'll on the receiving end of a lot of jokes, a lot of people get their shots in. It's what you expect when you lose to a team that the rest of the country probably isn't overly familiar with. I think some people learned about Bellarmine last year when they won the ASEN tournament, but you still have a broader sports population that uh, doesn't really know much about the Knights. Um, if you listen to the radio show on Thursday, some of this will probably be a little repetitive. I started off the show talking like a 25-minute diatribe about the game, and I started off the same way that I'm going to start off here, which is saying this. I think that you can be, I don't think I know. You can be optimistic about the future with Kenny Payne. You can be hopeful that things are going to get better. You can think that this season is going to be just a, a momentary hiccup on the way to you know, back to the glory days and still be upset with the way that things are going right now. You, you can be both of those things. If you think that Kenny Payne was the perfect hire and you think he's the guy that can get us back to being the program that we were under Patino, under Denny Crum, um, that that's fine. You can you still don't have to sit around and say that, that it's it's fine to lose to Bellarmine. It's fine to lose to Lenore Ryan by ten. 
because at the end of the day, I don't care who the coach is. I don't care how experienced he is. I don't care what the roster looks like. You should not lose at home to a team from the Atlantic Sun that's picked to finish sixth in the Atlantic Sun. And I know that we – and maybe that's why I've seen people a little bit more okay with the loss than I would, would really expect. I think Louisville's more educated about Bellarmine than the rest of the country. We know how good Scott Davenport is. We know how tough their offense is to defend. But again, at the end of the day, it's a team from one of the worst conferences in the country that's picked to finish sixth in that conference – that comes in here and doesn't just beat you leads for 33 minutes, basically controls the game. It wasn't a fluke. They deserve to win. If we had stolen that game in the last minute, it would have felt like a theft. They were the better team. Kenny Payne said it afterwards. They outcoached us. They outplayed us. That should not happen. I, I know that we looked bad in the exhibitions. I know that we're going to get better. Everybody else is going to get better too. That's the way that college basketball works to be in this position right now. Kenny Payne is not absolved of all the blame for what this roster looks like. And I know that you can say we had the IRP hanging over our heads at the time. It was harder for him to get players in the transfer portal. I understand that that was absolutely a, a roadblock for him. But look at the other schools that are in the exact same situation as Louisville is. The, the schools that could say, that couldn't tell prospects, that couldn't tell recruits, that couldn't tell transfers, I can say definitively we will be eligible for the 2023 NCAA tournament. They all went out and got key transfers. Kansas did. Arizona did. LSU did. Memphis did before they got their ruling. Um, who am I forgetting? Um, NC State didn't. They're the only school that didn't, and they're the only school that really didn't have an excuse not to because they had already been passed off by the NCAA. But every, every school, Kansas, Arizona, LSU, Memphis, they all went out and got key transfers that are playing big-time roles for them. We got Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, which was great, but we didn't address our biggest need, which was in the backcourt. And Kenny Payne himself, if, you, if you're mad at me for saying that, Kenny Payne himself in May said, I know we need to go get players. I know we need to get guards. He said, I think we're going to be a good team. If we get some of the guys that we're in on, I think we can be a really good team. They got none of those guys. They, they added nobody from that point forward. That's on him to a degree for sure. The roster should not look this bad. Even with the roster looking the way it does, the team should not be this bad. It's fine to say all of those things and still say, big picture, I'm going to be patient. I want to see how he recruits. I want to see how this team improves throughout the season. But as of right now, it's okay to be upset about this. I, I am not going to moral victory a home loss to Bellarmine. I'm not going to do it. And I don't know about how you feel about the, this, Dan, but that, that's kind of where I stand. A hundred percent. Like, I don't get what the big deal is about saying out loud what our eyes are telling us like it's like people are mad for us telling the truth i i mean i'm sorry but being a program of louisville stature whether our coach is phil jackson whether it's rick patino chris mack kenny payne bob sonard my dad former sixth grade <laughs> coach got tossed one time in a tournament game but it doesn't matter whoever it is if you lose to Bellarmine, and, and uh, all due respect to Bellarmine, I mean, we both love their program. We know what Scotty's done. Um, but that that just cannot happen. And, I, I mean, I'd be lying to myself if I wasn't saying, all right, like, there's there's been some red flags since the hire. I mean, you just mentioned a ton of them. The offseason, um, you know, yes, we had a cloud hanging over our head, but you mentioned the schools that did as well, and – we didn't address our needs, and a lot of these other schools got some guys in. And we were wondering, hey, you know, 
all right, well, maybe, you know, we're going to be big. Maybe that's, maybe that's the type of style that he wants to play. Well, obviously, after watching the first three games, you know, that doesn't seem apparent to kind of match up with our roster. Um, and then, I mean, you just look at overall everything from defense to, you know, to the fundamentals of the game. Um, and again, I, I, I get it. I, I'm looking at the roster just like everybody else. And I know, you know, knock on wood, things are going to improve. Um, and, and this is Kenny's first, you know, first go around at this. And I totally get it. I, I do. But at the same time, I mean, you know, people are like, well, we got, we, we do have some talent. Geez, I mean, like some of these things I'm watching on TV, I just cannot believe, like, especially over on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we got guys with their backs turned to the basketball. No one ever puts a body on anyone when a shot goes up. I never see anyone, especially our bigs in a defensive stance. Uh, they, they, it's just, I, I'm, I'm talking like a coach, but like in reality, it does, the team doesn't look like a together team um, that I would have expected, like maybe a team that would have that underdog label, like in the off season, we talked about all, all I wanted to see was, Hey, play hard, get to the foul line rebound. And instead it's like, Hey, jack up 26 threes, be soft inside, you know? And I, I'm, I, I'm quite frankly, I, I'm a little bit worried, but like you, long way to go i mean i think things can hopefully get better but geez these first three games have been tough to watch one of i mean two things need to happen moving forward i mean again long term we can talk about long term if we want to but if i'm if i'm saying what needs to happen in order for this to for the fan base to be put at ease that kenny Payne's the guy to have some tangible evidence that this is going to be okay you know next two three four 40 years into the future, two things have to happen in, in like the five, six months ahead. One, the team's got to play better. There's no way around it. Like this is, I, I yeah. hate to keep harping on this. And like you said, like I love Scott Davenport. I love Doug. I love Bo Braden. I love everything that they've built over there. According to Ken Palm, that's the second worst team that you're going to play this season. Florida A&M is the only team that's rated lower than, than Bellarmine is. And uh, you know maybe that winds up being totally bunk. Maybe Bellarmine overachieves <laughs> to the point that they win the A Sun and they you know they're a top one hundred and fifty team. But on paper, you're not going to play many teams that you should beat the way that you should have beaten Bellarmine, especially defensively. I mean, Bellarmine, as good as they are on offense, as tough as that system is to defend, they have not been a good defensive team since making the move to D one. They're probably not going to be a great defensive team according to the metrics this year. And we did not take advantage of any of the advantages that we have. The team's got to play better. We have to show improvement. We have to show that we're well-coached. We need Kenny Payne to prove that X's and O's wise and, and motivation-wise and game preparation-wise that he is the guy. We, we need that tangible evidence. We've got to win some games we probably shouldn't win. I'm not saying we need to be an NCAA tournament team even. I'm not saying we need to win 20 games. But we need to – we can't go like 5-26 and 26 this year and look just as bad as we've looked these first three games. We Improvement has to be shown on the court. And then the second thing that has to happen is he's got to get some dudes. The, the, I mean, watching the two exhibition games and watching Wednesday night against BU, it's it's apparent we just don't have the horses right now. Like we, we just don't have the players. And 
if he doesn't get A.J. Johnson in the 2023 class, that's probably going to leave us without a five-star. It's probably going to leave us without a key recruit at the position that we need him the most, which is the backcourt, which means Payne is going to have to do this spring what he couldn't do last spring, which is kill it in the transfer portal. Like, you're going to have 35% of college basketball thereabouts in the portal once again. It's the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future. You will have some some instant difference makers available that would love to come and take a chance at a place like Louisville where they can play in the ACC, theoretically be in the NCAA tournament, and you know play under a bigger spotlight for their to accentuate their professional dreams. Like He's going to have to get a better roster together for next season, regardless of how the season plays out, because you know people will be, some people will be patient through year one and understand that he was dealt kind of a shitty hand to, to get this, this thing going, but they're not going to be as patient for year two. If, if you're not a tournament team in year two, especially in this day and age with NIL and the you know instant transfers and you being supposedly the recruiting guru, people aren't going to stand for that. Like they, that, those two things have got to happen in the six months ahead, or else people are going to start you know, getting very, very panicky. I'm going to start getting very, very panicky, to be quite frank. Well, and not only that, I mean us as a fan base after what we've gone through for the last five years, like, you know, I, and we knew it wasn't going to turn around overnight, but you know, um, until we start getting some dudes in here, I mean, it, you're like, okay, well, how long is this going to take? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just going back to like the actual, like what I'm seeing on the court, like what our next game, like to me, I, I'll be honest, if we got some dudes in here, like, I could have actually seen it from the offensive end, like, hey, I think this could be a pretty successful system. Now, did we jack up a bunch of threes? Yes. But I don't think we have a ton of guys that want to or are will, or, 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 you know, willing to take it all the way in. I think a, a lot of times, you know, we got LLs, we got Mike James, um, you know, Kamari, I, I guess can, but we don't have a lot of guys that can really get all the way to the rack. And I think that's why you saw a lot of dribble drive penetration kick out for threes. Um, and I actually thought we, I mean, I thought we shot it decent, but I don't even care about that. I, I am solely focused and I know you're like, Hey, you can't win five games for the year. I totally agree. And I've said it a million times in this podcast, like to me this year, we're not going to make the tournament you know, to a degree, the wins and losses don't matter. Like I need to see it though. And through the first three games, it's been almost the exact opposite. Like I want to see just like Preston Knowles type, you know, uh, get up in your shit defense. I want to see, you know, do everything I can to grab a loose ball or rebound. Like that's all. Once I see that, I will feel so much better and be like, all right, you know, the rest is going to work itself out. But geez, we are like the exact opposite. We could, we look so soft. We look so unsure of ourselves in the defensive end. Um, now, did, did they play a little bit better in the second half? I know a lot of people are like, yeah, they really turned it up the second half. I'm not going to say they didn't, but I think Bellerman also had a lot of self-inflicted wounds there in the second half as well. So I'm not going to totally buy into that. Um but the good thing is Kenny did acknowledge it, like, in his press conference. Like, you know, we got to be locked in every single possession. But, geez, I mean, we need to start seeing that on that end because, I mean, without that, I mean, that I'm, I don't have high hopes for this season anyways, but it could get real ugly real quick. 
I'll be perfectly honest. I've been the biggest surprise for me through the, the first three games. It's not just that the team doesn't look great. Um, I mean, if you listen to the podcast for a while, people are like, hey, you've kind of hinted that you sort of expect this. I'm like, yeah, it's, look at the roster. Listen to what people are saying after watching this team in practice. You're not going to get a, a pretty picture. But the biggest thing that surprised me is just we haven't come out looking like we are this new reinvigorated program that we have just a bunch of hungry guys that are just desperate to you know, impress their new head coach and earn playing time. And that's it's a little bit alarming. Usually when you have a new head coach, you expect that right off the bat. You've got guys that are, you know, inspired by the new regime, or you've got guys that realize that playing time is up for grabs and everybody's just going balls to the walls for 40 full minutes. We haven't seen that yet. Now, the energy level Not even close. Better on we haven't even seen close to it. No. Yeah. No, the, the, the energy level was better in the two exhibitions. I mean, on Wednesday than it was in the two exhibitions, which isn't really saying much. But it still dipped from time to time, and I just, I just don't understand that. Like they came out, they played pretty well, and then we saw the same things in this game that we saw in, in not just both the exhibitions, but that we've seen kind of the last two years, where the second a little bit of adversity hit, they just sort of stopped for stretches. They just they just kind of stopped playing. They pouted a little bit. They looked like they lost their focus. And Bellarmine is a team that look their energy level is never going to dip. Their intensity level is never going to dip. Their focus is never going to dip. And when you take a couple of segments off, that's when they attack. And that's exactly what happened on uh, on Wednesday night. I don't know if you caught Eric Crawford was embedded with the, the the BU team on Wednesday. He had he posted some videos like before the game, at halftime, and then after the game for the celebration. And I thought it was really interesting hearing you know not just the Davenport's but also the players talk during halftime. And they saw the same thing that we've seen for the last two years. You know, Doug at one point, one of the players says, "If if they stop scoring, if we can get stops, they're going to stop defending." And like we have for so long let our offense affect our defense as a team, which is just mind blowing to me. As, as somebody who you know, like like most people listening, grew up watching the Denny Crum teams and, and then the Rick Pitino teams, where if you took a possession off on defense, like it didn't matter who you were, your ass was going to the bench and you might not be coming back in. Like we have guys when offense, when the stop the shot stopped falling on Wednesday night, and we started getting a little bit clunky on offense, made a couple of turnovers. We just quit defending. Like we got lazy. We weren't in any sort of defensive stance. We didn't have you know no high hands to contest outside shots. Um, a lot of guys ball watching, getting beat for back cuts. A lot of guys just getting getting beat on straight line drives. And that, I mean, it goes without saying, cannot happen. Like I, I can't believe that we're even talking about this this early in a season. But that, to me, has been the biggest disappointment through three showings from this team so far. And usually when you get a new coach, and sometimes with a new coach, this kind of corny stuff like only lasts for a year. But you usually get like excellent body language out of your kids. Like kids are – the bench is going nuts. Yeah. You know, a, a guy falls down. You have four teammates over to help sprint up – you know, sprint over to help him up. On a foul, the team huddles up, you know – the body language is just, you know, it's not there for me at all. Um, and I mean, you mentioned some of the defensive things. I mean, what, you know, one of the reasons, uh, you know, we didn't see it a ton against Bellerman was because they made most of their shots, but I'm telling you this right now, when we play an athletic team that cr- crashes the glass, Oh my God, we do not put a body on anyone. Like it is truly, like, I would watch every time a shot would go up, and I was like, there's no way. And, of course, 
we we saw it come back to bite us in the like one of the biggest free throws of the game right there um towards the end of the yeah. game but i mean it's just it, it, these are things like on the defensive end that we should learn in high school like help defense if a guy gets beat on the baseline like someone comes over and steps over tries to take a charge you know keeping your eye on your man you know as with the ball as well we got our backs turned like i mean this is like stuff that shouldn't even be being taught you know at the college level i don't know if you saw it um i saw someone posted on facebook i don't know like Derek anderson kind of broke down a couple possessions of us on the defensive side of the ball and I mean, yeah, it, it was not pretty. So, like I said, it's game one. You know, hey, I I am. Like, I I want this to work. I know you want it to work. Um, you know, and whatever happens this year, you know, we're, we're going to fully support the team. I believe they're going to get better. Um, but I think we're allowed to look at it and be like, okay, well, it's definitely going to have to get better than this because right now we're along, you know, we're we're pretty far away. Yeah, I mean, the notion that I, I I posted after the game, just like the stat that Louisville lost in a season opener for the first time in 19 years and lost a home opener for the first time in 22 years. And some people were like, yeah, this anti-Kenny Payne. I'm like, it's not fucking anti-Kenny Payne. It's, it's, a, it's a stat. If we had won, I would have posted Louisville wins 19th consecutive season opener and 22nd consecutive home opener. Like, it, we have people that I think are so on edge about any sort of Kenny Payne criticism – um, I mean, I got a, a a national college basketball guy was sending me messages after the game and sent me a couple of tweets that he'd seen and was like, are you surprised that the fans are, are as okay with this as they are? And his, his example was, I can't imagine Kansas fans shrugging off a home loss to UMKC. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I think that people are a little bit sensitive right now and, and I think everybody's just trying to do the right thing as fans and then he found some other tweets from people that were like fuck Kenny Payne fire him right now and he's like he's like I'm not saying it needs to be like this and I think that the reason why you're seeing such a divide here the two extremes this is the way that I explained it to him we are so desperate as a fan base to just get back to having fun to, to just get back to this being what we're used to it being regardless of how old you are if you're listening to this podcast like you probably grew up, you probably lived most of your adult life in an era where Louisville basketball was good, where, you know, year in, year out, we may not be national title contenders every season, but we expect to be in the NCAA tournament. We expect to be top 25 good. We expect to you know, have a chance to make a run once March gets here. And that hasn't been the case for the first time in any of our lifetimes for the last, what, six, seven years. And we're all so hungry to do whatever it takes to get back to this being like this annual winter thing that we just know is going to be fun and the ride's going to be worth it and it's going to end with a you know a, a shot to make a run in the NCAA tournament that it, it's drumming up a whole bunch of extreme opinions. Extreme opinions on Kenny Payne can do no wrong. Extreme opinions on Kenny Payne can do no right. When the truth is we don't fucking know still. It's been one game. We don't know how recruiting's going to go. It's fair to certainly talk about and criticize and accentuate some of the positives from what we've seen so far. But big picture, the fact of the matter is we're all still guessing as far as how is this going to go. And I think the fact that we all want it to go so well, whether it's, you know, Kenny Payne being the guy who gets us there or scrapping the era and hiring somebody else in a few years and he gets us back there. We all just, we all want the same things. And I wish we could get on the same page there. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, one it's, thing I was going to say real quick, 
winning cures all, man. Like, look what look what happened with football. Like, we we were. I don't even want to say divided in football because I think a lot of people had almost checked out on on Scott, including me. I'm guilty of it. Like after that Boston College game, I was like, "Well, this is probably it here." Um, and I mean, credit to him. We'll we'll talk about the football team in a second. But when you start winning, man, like all those you know, all those just arguments into the wind kind of go out the window. So. Um, unfortunately for this basketball team, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of wins. Um, so I think for us, like we're going to have to judge it kind of on, uh, what we see as far as, you know, style of play and, and how emotionally invested the kids are and stuff like that. So is there like, let me ask you this. Is there like a, a win total where you're like, Okay, I don't know if this is actually going to work or not. I mean, I guess we got to see who he brings in for recruits. Um, but I mean, if we won like five games, would you just be like, okay, what's going on here? Yes. I mean, if we, I said before the season, I thought this was going to be like a 12, 13, 14 win team. If we're like a single digit win team, I, I'm, I'm still going to be, I'm not going to say like fire Kenny Payne. I think you have to at least give him you know, two, three seasons to, to get this thing going, but I will be concerned for sure. I mean, this, I know this roster is not great. This roster, it certainly stacks up with last year's team and last year's team was able to win 13 games. This should not be a, a single digit win team. Um, again, again, they shouldn't be losing to Bellman. I, I hate doing this. I didn't like doing it when Chris Mack was here and I don't like doing it now, but it's, you, you kind of have to do these things sometimes to make points. I couldn't help but think, on Wednesday night about Rick Pitino's first game here. I mean, that team, you were coming off of a 12-win season with Denny Crum's you know, roster, basically. We didn't have an opportunity to, you know, he couldn't do the transfer portal thing. He didn't have time to recruit uh, th- that class, like just like Kenny Payne did. His biggest impact players coming in wound up being kicked off the team <laughs> before we even got to the new year. And that first game, I don't know if you remember this, it was South Alabama. And yeah, we, we had scored the first points. 19 points. Yeah. We we did we, we scored the first 19 points of the game. We forced 36 turnovers. There like the the crowd gave a standing ovation, I think six or seven different times. And it wasn't like, like nobody in that moment thought that that team was going to be national title good. I think the next game they got the shit kicked in by Oregon. But it was such a it, it was just a it was a tangible message. This is how we're going to play. This is how things are going to be done now. It is we're playing like our house is on fire every second of every game and South Alabama wasn't ready for it. We just destroyed them. And it was just such a nice refreshing, like we're going to be back at some point. We, we don't have the roster yet. We don't have the talent yet, but this style, this coach, this energy, this enthusiasm, this culture, this is what is going to get Louisville basketball back to being Louisville basketball. And that's what wound up happening. And the fact that we didn't see that type of energy and, and enthusiasm and system and, and all that stuff on display Wednesday night or in, either one of the exhibitions is certainly a little bit alarming. Not saying we can't get there. I'm just surprised we haven't seen more of it. I mean, you mentioned Bellerman. They lose CJ Fleming last year. Who's their was their like really only solid capable ball handler. They lose Dylan Penn. Who's their most dynamic scorer. They lost their top three scorers from that team. And we let them be comfortable on offense. Like, like no ball pressure, no contesting passes, no you know, getting out and trying to, 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 to force a turnover 
until the end of the game when we were desperate, and it worked. Like, we could have, you know, you watched that last four minutes, and it was like, cool, this is great. I'm glad we're getting back in the game. But we could have been doing this for the prior 36 minutes and had this not really be a contest. Like, that to me, there's no other way. It's frustrating to me to watch. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. You, you That was a good term you used, like, playing like your house is on fire. Like, that's all, I mean, that's all the fan base wants to see, I promise. Like, you know, we all want Kenny Payne to succeed. Well, I, I shouldn't say it. I, I do, at least. I know you do. I think most of our fan base, there are a couple of people yes. I see out there that are like, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, the, the criticism's a little too much. Like, they, they just get on them for rolling out of bed in the morning. So, um, some of it's not fair. But if, if you get this team to buy in, like playing like their house is on fire. I promise you, like they, I, there's going to be games that we lose where if they play like that, like we will, I mean, we're not going to be like, okay with it, but like, we'll understand the direction that the program is heading. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm interested in this right state game. I know they played Davidson down to the wire. I know they had a big lead on them and blew it. So um, it should be interesting what happens, but God, I just I, I got to see it. The first three games, I haven't seen it. So, you know, like you said, maybe there was flashes a little bit. But, I mean, you need it for a full 40 minutes. And I don't care about the offensive side of the ball. I really don't. That'll come with time, um, especially if we get some dudes in here. But I got to see it on the other side. I got to see it from a rebounding standpoint, a taking charge standpoint. And once we get, once we get that side cleaned up, I'll, I'll feel a lot better. Here's the interesting thing about the Wright State game, and I know we got to flip to football because we don't have a whole lot of time here, but real quick, Wright State presents the same types of challenges and the same opportunities to accentuate advantages that Bellarmine did. They're a really good offensive team. They're a really not good defensive team. Like Bellarmine, they won their conference tournament last year. Unlike Bellarmine, they got to play in the NCAA tournament. They beat Bryant in the first four, and then was, they were fairly competitive against Arizona in a 116 game. They brought back nine players from that team, including their leading scorer, Trey Calvin, who scored 37 against Davidson. But they are like, – they're going to score points. It's a tough system to defend. We have our work cut out for us on that end again. But they are not good defensively. They were 253rd in adjusted defensive efficiency last year. They don't rebound the ball well. They're not big. It's the same type of game that we had on Wednesday night where we didn't use our superior size at all. We didn't use our superior athleticism at all. For the third straight game against a like, woefully inferior-sized team, inferior-sized team, we got outscored in points in the paint. We didn't dominate the glass. Our big guys aren't getting enough touches, and they're not working hard enough. Like it, it's not just on the offense to get the the yeah. to get the ball inside. Like Sidney Curry's been a ghost. He's not doing anything. Brandon Huntley Hatfield is playing a little bit timid, and then pouting a little bit when he's not getting the ball inside. JJ Trainer, I think he's working hard. He seems to have improved a little bit, but he's still not there just yet. Roosevelt Wheeler seems like he wants to be anywhere else besides here. Like the big guys are going to have to step up if we're going to be this team that uses like all this size means nothing if we're not going to play any bigger than we have been. I don't know what's going on with Sidney Curry, um, but right. he's not going to at least. That's what I was going to get anything. To. Yeah. Like, so uh, here I'll, I'll go. Like talk about another red flag. All we heard all off season was like how much harder the conditioning is and how much better shape these guys are in. Like. I, <laughs> What am I looking at here? Because, I mean, I like yeah. Sid, but, I mean, we, you know, he definitely looks not only out of shape, but 
also disinterested and, and, and kind of lost his edge as well. So, um, you know, I don't know if, if he didn't participate in the uh, off-season conditioning drills or what. I, I, I just I don't really know what's going on there. But, I mean, if he's not going to do anything, it's going to be a long, long year. Yeah, my last point, and we can move on to football, is we, I mean, we heard all offseason about, we knew the guards talk was the, the talk of the summer. Are we going to get more guards? Do we need help? They ultimately don't, they, they passed on some guards early in the transfer portal process that I think really could have helped because they thought they were going to get better guys. They didn't. And now we're sitting here looking at a, a backcourt where it's L. Ellis and not a whole lot of help. Fabio Basile, I'm assuming they don't think is ready to contribute because he hasn't played the last two games at all. Um, I mean, Hersey Miller played, two minutes and didn't you know made one bad turnover and missed a shot uh what he was in on wednesday l ellis played all 40 minutes of the game wednesday night he played 38 of the 40 minutes against chaminade and down the stretch of the game against bellerman he in the last four minutes uh, last six minutes i take it back missed all four of his field goal attempts had one turnover had no assists and missed the front end of a one-on-one that could have given us the lead i'm not saying that all those things are related but he looked a little bit tired at the end of the game I don't know if this is sustainable. If if playing him forty minutes every single night when he's not in foul trouble is doable, because he looked like he couldn't hold handle the load against Bellarmine. I can't imagine how it's going to go against ACC teams, but it seems like that's the hand that we have right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. Again, that you know, we're just going to keep repeating ourselves. Like you know, why didn't we get guards here in the off season and. Uh, to, every day it looks more questionable, but uh, you know if you got to play the young guys uh, to get them some experience, then then I I, I totally get it. It's probably we're probably going to take our lumps by doing that. Um, but yeah, like you said, I don't think forty minutes a game is sustainable. Um, and I know we've pointed out a bunch of bad. I, I thought Mike James was was great. I, I think he's someone that, that you yeah. can really kind of plant your flag with for the program um I'm, I'm very excited about his future uh even though i mean it's just one game we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out but um it was nice to see Jalen um kind of come out of his last season funk and, and be kind of the player that we thought he could be although he still does tend to disappear for stretches i know he was in some foul trouble um but i i thought especially towards the beginning of the game he had a really nice game um, so there was some positives. Uh, I don't want to ignore that, but um, I, I, unfortunately, I think the uh, the negatives obviously outweighed the positives. All right, let's flip to football here. We're up against it with time. Uh, cards, four games in a row, uh, four-game winning streak for the first time since 2016, four-game winning streak for the first time under Scott Satterfield. Putting that on the line against Clemson Saturday, 3.30 in Death Valley, ESPN game. Uh, Clemson coming off a 21-point loss to Notre Dame. They haven't lost back-to-back games since 2011, and they have a 38-game home winning streak. It's the longest streak in the country. The last time that they lost at home, it was actually it, it will be the six-year anniversary on Saturday. They lost 43 to 42 to Pitt back in 2016. Still went on to win the national championship. And the closer that we get to this game, I I, I hate the Be- that the Bellman thing happened on Wednesday for obviously a myriad of reasons. More of it is it threw off my like my building of excitement and hatred for Clemson weekend because the closer we get to this game, the more I remember just how much I fucking hate these losers and how much I want them to storm their <laughs> field after a loss on Saturday. Uh, I, I can't stand them. I hate that we're 0-7 against them. 
four of those losses have come in games where we had a chance to score in the final minute to win and haven't gotten it done on any of these occasions. We're just a seven-point underdog. I'll start off with this. I mean, what's your confidence level that we can make this happen? Uh, Clemson did not look great last week. They've looked a little bit flawed in recent weeks overall. We're obviously playing very well right now. What's your confidence level that we can finally get over this hurdle and, and beat these guys for the first time? <sighs> to be honest, I almost wish they weren't coming off a loss. Like, I, I hate that. I feel like Same. that really kind of woke them up. So that part sucks. Um and I, God, they do have like a really good fucking defense and we've been running the ball. Well, I still like don't have a hundred percent confidence in our downfield passing game. So that scares me, but I do, God, I just love kind of, I just love the way we're playing, especially on the defense side of the ball. And I just like the confidence that we're playing with. I, I, I like the play calling the past couple games. Special teams has been great. If I had to rate it one through 10, Oh man, I am like I mean honestly, I think I'm split 50-50. I know that's kind of a cop-out answer. Um like I could see us totally coming in there and winning. Um but I like there is like and I hate to even say this, but there's a small part of me that could see you know Clemson just waking the fuck up and like putting one on us for whatever reason, which would really suck, but um the best part of that, well, not the best part, is the cards play right state at 1 o'clock. And if things go like they did in the Bellarmine game, we're going to be so fucking hate watching this. It's not even going to be funny. Like, any time, like, imagine, like, we lose to right state. Like, the first play of the game, like, it's like, that's a fucking hold. No flag. God damn it. Um, like, I can already see it coming from, like, from like a mile away. Uh, but, no, I, I am very charged up. Um, for this game and like more than ever like god beating Dabo would just be as sweet as can be they always claim you know because they always do the field storming bullshit after the game and they claim a million times like we do it win or lose I've never seen them do it after a loss I want to see them do it after a loss to us so desperately like all these Clemson players just like get the fuck out of my face, you losers, when they're trying to get autographs and toss the ball around after seeing their ACC perfect season go up in flames. I'm like you. I wish they hadn't lost last week. If they're going to be you know, this deep in the season undefeated, just go ahead and and let us be the team that can hopefully ruin their CFP dreams. Uh, But that's not going to be the case. I I, I mean, I'm so sick of their – I've said it before on the podcast. Clemson, as like this national perennial powerhouse, they're done. It's over. They're going to be good. They're going to keep being good. They're on the downslide. Dabo hates players getting money. He hates uh, hates everything about modern college football. The recruits are starting to take notice. They don't go after transfers, which is so dumb. They're going to be good, but they're not going to be as good as they were during that crazy run from 2016 through 2020. Um, that, that's my, my stance. Sticking by it. I, having gone to the games in 2014 and 2016, developed such a serious disdain for this fake fan base because in 2014 I got suckered in. I, I, I got, I bought into the hype that whatever the, you know, they put in the air down there, whatever they put in the water, I was buying it. You got people inviting you into their tailgate tents for drinks. You got them talking about how glad they are to have you in the ACC. I fell in love with the intoxication. It was wonderful. We lost the game because Bobby Petrino doesn't know how to, to have a prepared play and, and called a spike on third down. And James quick couldn't outrun a linebacker. It was annoying. It was terrible. But still, I was like, I like Clemson. It was an awesome experience. The tailgate was great. The stadium's incredible. The fans were so nice. Going back there in 2016, 
when we suddenly were number three in the country and favored to beat them on their home field was an entirely different experience. Everybody was a dick. Everybody was mean. <laughs> Nobody was nice. Everybody was fuck youing. And then after the game, th- th- it was the only time that people were nice to you. And it was very much like the vibe of y'all gave us quite a little scare there. You know, nice little program you got coming up there. And I just wanted to smack the fuck out of all those people. The condescension was, was annoying. And ever since then, I, I mean, that night, I drive back from the game. We, we had to stay in Livonia, Georgia, because it's the closest hotel we could get to, to Clemson. It's like a 25-minute drive. And it's me, it's Mary, it's a couple friend of ours. And the three of them, they all pass out. So I'm driving through, like, the backwoods of northern South Carolina to go into Georgia and listening to the official Clemson postgame where Dabo Sweeney is quite literally, like, not even dancing around it, quite literally saying they won that game over my favorite team because God wanted them to win it. God didn't like my team as much as they liked Dabo, as he likes Dabo. And I've never wanted to just drive my car off the side of the road and into a ditch more than I did in that moment. And I, I don't know if I'll ever get over it. It, it changed yeah, everything no, for I, me about this program. I can't. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I, I, I'm just with you, man. Like, I totally fell for the Dabo shit, like, for a while. Like, I, like, you guys caught on quickly, and you're like, dude, this guy fucking sucks. I was like, how do you hate Dabo? And, like, it, like just one day I woke up, I was like, this guy is so fucking full of shit, it's not even funny. Like, I'm an idiot for taking that long to realize it, so hand up there. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, think about this. Like, if Scott were to fucking pull this off after where we were, against Boston College to come in and the nation's longest home winning streak beat a or a, a top whatever I don't know if they're 11 or 10 but be a top 11 10 team um, get to seven wins with another win you know maybe two winnable games at the end of the year have this recruiting class on deck like not only does it shift like Scott's momentum here in the program in Louisville it shifts like the entire ACC kind of outlook for the next couple of years. Like we become a legitimate fucking player these next couple of years down the road. So I think this is a game like, you know, I, I'll bet Dabo and Clemson even know it. Like, Hey, this team right here is actually fucking coming and we better strap the fuck up. So I am, I am excited. I hope we just play like there's fucking no tomorrow um, I haven't been this excited for a football game in a long time. It feels good. Five words. Scott's D in Dabo's face. <laughs> Suck it, Dabo. Fuck you. The D's coming for you. We're ready for this. Um, not to just kind of poo-poo on all the good vibes because I'm, I'm riding the good wave. I'm loving the, the last four weeks have been so fun. But I think we have to acknowledge that the disaster scenario is still very much out there. We need to win one of these last three games to make sure this is a, like, no denial, no debate about it, positive overall season that Satterfield can use as momentum with this recruiting class moving forward. Because guess what? If you lose these last three, you're still right there at six and six. You're still right there at the awkward disaster scenario. The season may not have played out exactly the way that we thought it was going to in terms of wins and losses, but we ended at the exact same place that so many were predicting. He needs to get one of these last three, preferably 
Clemson or Kentucky, and winning on Saturday would just take all of that, you know, like, but, but, but out of the equation. That would be a, a huge deal, not just because it's Clemson and because, you know, your, your five-game winning streak, but because you would have locked up, I think, a solid season that the fan base is going to be satisfied with, regardless of, of how the rest of the year goes. So, I mean, there's, there's a ton on the line uh, Saturday afternoon in Death Valley. I'm excited like you are. I'm pumped about it. Um, and I know we kind of kind of wrap up the pot here really quickly, but do you want to do predictions now or yeah. do you have a quick day in the dumps? Jeez. I mean, the whole last 24 hours of my fucking life has been day in the dumps with the flat tire yeah. and home late. So let's just, we'll, we'll do predictions. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll head out from there. All right. Uh, basketball first. I still, I mean, I, I picked us to beat Bellerman, I think by 10 on the radio show. I thought that they would come out and just be a different, a little bit of a different team. I thought it'd be clunky, but they would still win. I'm still uh, buying the, not buying the hype. I'm still believing that we should beat Wright State and that we will beat Wright State. Hopefully there were lessons learned on Wednesday night. I don't think it's going to be a dominant performance or anything like that, but I'm, I'm trusting KP to get these guys ready for this game. I'm going to say Louisville wins. Um, give me 76-71. Uh, Trey Calvin still gets his, but the cards do win. Basketball first, who, who do you have there on Saturday, Dan? Well, first off, I, you talked me out of the Bellerman thing because I was like, when we had the pod last year, you're like, dude, Bellerman sucks. And I'm like, oh, well, you know him better than me. So I got I did not say Bellerman sucks. Well, that, you, that, okay. that is a gross yeah. mischaracterization. That, that was. You're like, they, they, they lost a lot. And, I, I, you know, they did. And I, I switched my opinion. I'm just being flat out honest. I don't think we're going to win. Like, from what I've seen the first three games, I mean, shit, we should have lost by 10 points uh, uh, to Bellarmine. Like, we made that a lot yeah. closer than it should have been. Um, unless they really come out, you know, uh, and do a, a, a 180 from what I've seen the first three games. I don't see how they win. So, I'm going to, unfortunately, I'll say mm, 71 to – or I'll say 77 to 70. Um, we lose to Wright State. So, um, yeah, sorry, guys. That's fair. And I mean, I, I'm not, I don't hate you for it. I, I didn't hate anybody who predicted that we were going to lose to Bellarmine. Um, I didn't think we would. We did. Those people were right. If you're going to say, I think we lose to Wright State too, you very well may be right again. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, football, 330 ESPN, cards taken on Clemson, trying to finally get over the hump. Only team in the ACC that Louisville has played multiple times and still has not beaten. I, I, I want to believe, I want it to happen the Scott Satterfield's comments today on the Jim Rome show about Malik Cunningham says he's physically fine, but mentally he's got some hurdles to get over. Did not make me overly confident about <laughs> his play on Saturday. I mean, we've got to get the passing game going a little bit. I think it was nice to see it getting going at the end of the James Madison game, but Clemson's not going to let you run over them the way that James Madison let you run over them. Um, defensively, I think we'll, we'll give a stout performance. We've been good defensively. Clemson's been a little bit shaky on offense. I think we're in the game. I don't think we get it done. I hope I'm wrong. Would love to be wrong for the umpteenth time this season. I'm going to say Clemson wins. Uh, give me twenty, some weird score, 29-23. What do you got? Man, this is tough. I want to pick the cards so bad. I do. I really do. Um, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why. There's just some, like, sort of fucking mystique at Clemson that makes it so fucking hard to win. Even though, like, I'm like, Jesus, we're just as good, you know, if not playing better at this very moment. Um, 
but I, I'm just just for vibes of the pod. I'm gonna say Clemson wins because usually we're always wrong. So I'm gonna say Clemson wins twenty to sixteen. Yep. Um, and I would like to be proved wrong, and you guys can shit on me if that's the case. But uh, I do I do feel good about this. I just I'm gonna pick Clemson twenty sixteen. Here's to being wrong. Here's to celebrating multiple victories this weekend. If we do, I mean, if we beat Clemson, can we say it? Emergency pod Saturday night? Oh, oh, dude, you will get my best emergency pod yet. Well, it's like, hopefully you didn't listen to the last one. I, it's like, I don't even remember the last one. But um, <laughs> it's like, this this will be a good one, I promise. Here's hoping you hear from us Saturday night. If not, you'll definitely hear from us next week. Let's get this done. Fuck Clemson. Fuck Dabo. Scott's D, all up in your face. Take it to Death Valley. Let's get this job done. Go Cars. Beat Wright State, then beat Clemson. We'll talk to you guys later. Let's go, Scott. Go Cards. <laughs>